Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, a space for the spiritually curious to explore faith in new and meaningful ways. Open your heart and mind and journey with your host, Luke Bricker, into greater spiritual freedom. Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. This is the second time that I'm saying this because Matt, my guest today, we were having an awesome conversation and about 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, when we were getting really into good uh, mystic Mormon ideas and all of this stuff, uh, my computer completely crashed. And uh, so I don't know. Some would say it was the spirit. Some would say it was the devil. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Some would say that's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the rumor around town is, but it happened and it was annoying. And, um, but at any rate, it's a living yoga that uh, makes me deal with my tension and frustrations in certain ways that I have to overcome. Anyway, friends, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad podcast. I have my guest Matt on today. Matt, thanks for, for jumping on again and doing this whole little uh, spiel with me a second time. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me and holding the space. Yeah, so we can just... Um, completely imitate exactly what happened or we can roll let's let's just do this okay so matt was sharing about him moving to salt lake city from portland and uh do you want to maybe just fill us in a little bit more on that and then let me let me share a little bit of kind of my bio a little bit so let's do that um i am kind of a church boy coming from the mormon tradition um in the portland area Um, I grew up in a family of three other siblings. I'm kind of in the middle and life was good growing up. Um, we had a good suburban life. We went to church. My dad was a leader. He was, um, the kind of equivalent to a pastor. He was what you call a bishop in the Mormon church where you're the leader of that congregation essentially. Um, but you're still kind of a part of the greater network of the massive global church. And so anyway, I grew up in that tradition. I, um, for the most part, liked it uh, and thought it was a, a good thing and, and, and kind of um, didn't have any terribly overwhelming reason to not believe uh, things I was taught at church. Um, however, when growing up through kind of, I guess, puberty, um, I did, I didn't really have, um, maybe the, a pure testimony that I shared at, at, at church at, at school. And so I kind of felt like I was split into kind of these two versions of myself. I had, yeah. um, kind of a church self, and then I had, um, kind of a more cult- cultural kind of school self. And, they didn't necessarily have the same moral uh, compass. And yeah. so, you know, and, and, um, and so, yeah, I was a little bit of kind of a Jack Mormon, you could say, but I also felt like I tried to be honest and tried to kind of repent of my ways. And, and it would put a lot of, and to be honest, it, it did put a lot of stress on uh, my overall system as a teenager um, in terms of just what's right and wrong. And, you know, I think it taught me to kind of be a little bit numb and a little bit kind of a good liar at an early age too. Um, um, 
And so anyway, I, and that always kind of bothered me. Um, but, but I realized I wasn't alone. A lot of people did church kind of that way where you, you know, and, and I guess there's philosophical arguments where, you know, I guess it depends on what repentance is, you know, and in, in the Mormon tradition, it's very specific where you, um, you kind of are, you know, confessional kind of talk about things. And, and I, there's all sorts of kind of controversy around, you know, what level of, um, vulnerability youth youth should have with adults things like that and so uh we don't need to get into that but um anyway it's it was kind of a mess and so you really just kind of learn how to survive it it's kind of like to me it was the same like taking a test like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to learn this stuff but ultimately i'm just gonna kind of rig you know try not to cheat but i'm gonna do what i need to do to get to be just 18 yeah. and I don't care if I actually intake this stuff or not. It's just getting, getting through it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and then part of the, tr- in my household, we were required to do seminary, which is, I didn't have to do the early, early morning seminary, but it was every other day, basically for like an hour you go study. And, uh, but it's, I can't tell you hardly anything from any yeah. of those. I mean, like, <laughs> like supposedly I would know, you know, the entire scriptures and, and the, I could be kind of this, this educated kind of religious person. But I mean, they, they're just lucky that you show up and bribe you with treats and just, you know, so that anyway. sounds, hey, it's not much different than uh, the evangelical faith, man. I mean, I, I did everything, pizza, parties, concerts, anything to get kids in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Before, before we got cut off, you were talking to me about like a faith, your faith crisis started very early. And you had that sort of, um, you know, entering into some sort of liminality within your faith at an early age. And then eventually yeah. getting introduced to, to folks like Rob Bell and things like that. Can you speak a little bit in uh, some of that that we talked about? Yeah, I guess in hindsight, because I wasn't really integrated and always kind of had this anxiety in my mind, there was always kind of an underlying crisis. And so um, when I never really went on my mission, and so I kind of put a lot of just things on hold and tried to kind of just grow up and get through college and kind of, I identified as Mormon, but I was kind of more or less not really fully in the church. And so then in my mid twenties, um, I really kind of went searching deeper and I found, uh, books by Richard Rohr and Rob Bell and, uh, yeah. kind of found the world of deconstruction and, um, and then this whole idea of, uh, mysticism or kind of the contemplative tradition that Rohr talks about. And so, um, it really, allowed me to view kind of the whole Christian tradition as, as something that wasn't just this magical Jesus where you kind of, if you got the code right into the computer, all of a sudden, you know, right. things would, you know, things would 3d print and your life would be, you know, blessed or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> what a great analogy, <laughs> you know, it's just, and you know, because of the, very specific, you know, kind of black and white, you know, demands, which on some, uh, on one hand, they can provide comfort, you you know, you could say, this is the way God works. I don't have to, 
question it, you know, and that's maybe the downfall of thinking, living in the question is you don't necessarily have those answers. And so, um, you know, I think that's the first naivete they would talk about maybe where you kind of, um, you have that initial container and it works and it's not until, you know, maybe your, your midlife crisis or a tragedy or a trauma kind of comes along where you kind of have to go searching and reconstruct that initial idea. Um, and so for me, I guess I was always swimming kind of in between, um, you know, my, my, my container was maybe always kind of cracked and, and, and that's where, um, I was kind of ashamed to admit it though. And that's where I, in a culture, evangelical or Mormon or, you know, whatever it is, it's yeah. hard, you know, a lot of times it's against the rules to, to even question, you know, what, yeah. uh, w- what's going on theologically or, uh, you know, you know, just kind of principally yeah. with the or religion. You so question, but you, you are, it's expected that you end up with a particular answer too. I, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. a normal question for a 13 year old kid, but you are expected to say, Oh yeah, this is my conclusion. You know, like there's an expectation of answers sometimes in some of those circles, if you will. Did you sense some of that? Oh yeah. And it's very real. I mean, um, at, at, at the Mormon college, if you don't, um, they have kind of an honor code and you might lose academic credit if you, if you don't present your testimony in a particular way. Really? And so it's, it gets pretty savage. Um, so that's like a manipulation so, of your own experience even, you know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, and, and I think they're getting better. You know, I think they've, things got nasty legally with, um, you know, with, with some, some sexual assaults and things like that and believing women or not. And so anyway, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, but it can really, the whole, I guess the whole point is, um, it can kind of mess with your psychology in terms of figuring out where, what's moral, what's the right thing to do, you know, like what would Jesus do is it can be kind of a can of worms. And so, totally. um, I guess, I guess through my whole faith journey, there's always been something different about Jesus that was different than the whole Mormon story. Um, and so, and that was always um, something that was drew me in was, you know, was kind of an enchanted world and it seemed magical in, in, and um, I think that there's a lot of different kind of types of Jesus that you can talk about. And um, I don't know, I'm sitting here right next to my Christmas tree. And I think, I think even when I'm a more of a nihilistic kind of more atheist kind of thinking, I think there's always something about go, kind of returning home yeah. or the, you know, f- with, a, with my family. And this is why, um, I still kind of want to re-champion kind of some of these underlying ideas of Christmas, yes. of, of Christ, of the Jesus archetype or the historical Jesus kind of ho- however you want to look at it is because, you know, each year I, I get that same feeling and, and, 
Some people might argue it's just an emotional thing, just resonance in my memory, whatever. If that's, if that's all the spirit of God is, it's just emotional resonance. Cool. Like I still want yeah. to experience is I still totally. want to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's these different aspects of kind of the whole Jesus story that I look up, that I look at not so literally historically anymore, but very much almost as a way that energy just works in, in a way where, um, you know, you have this idea of um, coming home, you know, where it's like, like returning home and then also kind of like this birthing. And it's like, there's this idea it's from, I don't know if you've seen the beach bum with Matthew McConaughey. It's, it's ridiculous. uh, The the character, I forget his name. He's it's hilarious, but he says the, I, the universe is conspiring to make me happy. And that's like his belief. And that's, and I think that's what, um, that's like this idea of, uh, kind of like the Christ being born. It's yeah. like, it's like of the good news of the gospel coming. And that's, um, I think Rohr talks about the universal Christ and that there being that the material world is kind of soaked in Christ. And, you know, I'm, I get really into kind of quantum physics and kind of metaphysics and kind of like different theoretical ideas on what the nature of reality is. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get really down into the rabbit hole of science and they kind of talk about how actually it's mostly empty space. And you're like, wait, what, like, what's, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, you know? And so, um, what to me running into the kind of wall of the dark matter of science has actually allowed these metaphors to re-enchant uh, my 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 reality and and make it more yogic if like you were talking about yeah um, and so and reinventing the magic of the of the christian faith or tradition or the the mystery or myth of it i think you know and we we think that all of those things are negative or bad in our culture you know our western enlightenment yeah but, like reinventing those things through the lens of science actually in metaphysics. Cause I, I've had a lot of similar experiences like that, you know? Um, so with that, and I'm sorry if I just cut you off, but uh, I think it'd be a good hybrid to even incorporate then the more mystic understanding. Cause you were talking about the sort of like, maybe I'm getting this the right or wrong way of saying it, like the mystic Mormon understanding and looking at the hero's journey of going having something going reevaluating and returning back to and it sounds like before we got cut off earlier you're talking about some sense of a coming back to and reimagining yeah. uh well Mormon faith and i guess in a very technical sense i should disclaim that i'm not excuse me an active mormon i don't go to church i don't participate and um for a lot of people that maybe do go to the mormon church every sunday what what, what I kind of talk about might be perceived as very apostate or heret or heretical. Yeah. And so, but, but I'm okay with that. I'm kind of, you know, like I consider Rob Bell kind of a hero and, yes, you know, me too. Kind of, 
uh, kind of Pete Rollins were the only true churches of burning one or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, so, so um, I'm very, but within the whole Mormonism umbrella, there's a lot of different sects uh, or, or, you know, and so there's, um, you know, the polygamy is still very much a part of certain, there's, there is some very kind of more cultish ones that are kind of crazy that there's TV shows about. Yeah. And then there's, there's ones that take a healthier, more universal approach to, um, you know, the Christ and the, and Jesus. And then there's ones, there, there, there's a whole spectrum, right? And so, um, uh, then you have the mainstream ones that, that have all the, the big fancy temples. That's kind of the international one. And so, um, I don't really, I guess, identify with any of them and I kind of champion the original idea. So what, what I was taught um, about the founder in the 1800s, Joseph Smith, there's a verse in James, I forget exactly, but it's like, if any of ye lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men yep. liberally. And so, and this is kind of a shared idea that a lot of Mormons have had in their mind the whole time. It's like, well, why can't I, you know, yep. the idea of revelation. And so it, it, it traditionally, it traditionally within the theology or the doctrine you know, it's very, there's a prophet and there's various, you know, specific lines of uh, command, like the military where the revelation and who kind of has authority at different levels. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like F that, you know, like, like I'm going to, you know, it kind of undermines the autonomy of the individual and, and the, the validation of their experience. And so um, you have different kind of schools of thought. And so the whole idea of Mormon mystics isn't so much to um, agree with all of the modern interpretations of scripture, but is very much to kind of put it into your own words and yeah. kind of have, have your own, be your own medium or your own channel to the divine. And, um, yeah. you know, I think, and so that's, that's really, you know, what the idea is and how do we do that? And so I like to explore metaphysics a lot. And I, uh, I think it's fascinating how strong of a correlation sacred geometry has to um, different fields of math and science and different theories and things. And yeah. you have, um, you know, Mormonism has actually very rich traditions and, uh, if you kind of want to put your tinfoil hat on for a second, you know, <laughs> the, the founder of Mormonism was a Freemason, just like the supposedly the founders of this country were. And so things get very interesting when you look at architecture and symbolism and kind of, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ideas as to the truth, the, the, the validity or the truthfulness of, you know, the Book of Mormon and, and if it was inspired of God or if it was, um, written or kind of, you know, manufactured more or less. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily need to get into that, but it does get very interesting when you start to, and th this is kind of maybe the slippery slope of deconstructing is you're like, well, if this isn't true, what else isn't true? And all right. of a sudden, you, you know, you end up, you know, realizing you're stuck in the matrix or something. So well, like, I mean, <laughs> there is a sense of, of nihilism that, yes, yes. that, that is, healthy to spark a completely new imagination for mm. what could the possibility of reality be like 
at least that's been true for me. And I can only speak from my own personal experience is whenever everything has sort of ran its gas on empty and you're, you know, in a analogy stuck on the side of the road, that's where true creativity comes to try to figure out like, okay, if the car ran out of gas, now like there comes a period of time where there's nothing a season of nothingness everything you had was in the gas of that vehicle to get you to wherever you needed to go you know and now you get to explore new possibilities and imagination of what it could potentially be like um so yeah there is a a sense of that um that comes with it yeah and that's why i love what you're doing with uh kind of starting uh, church planting, is that what you called it? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, because I think a lot of, a lot of kind of more nuanced or ex-Mormons or have a share a complaint where it's like, I want to go to church and feel like it's more of a hospital where we're all kind of like figuring out like our souls and not so much of like a car show where people are kind of on display, kind of keeping up with the Joneses. And um, that's why I love how you're almost facilitating the deconstruction and the reconstruction almost as a new way of practicing kind of the same old gospel. It's kind of like having, having in a very evolutionary way, it's kind of like, coming back to, to, you know, it's kind of a a radical orthodoxy where we're actually reframing these stories and and telling them in brand new novel ways with the same quote unquote, the metaphysics that, that, that tradition has been utilizing the the entire time, you know? Yes. With new language and new expression. mm -hmm. And, And it makes people in my, as being like a church planter and being a part of a church movement, it makes some of my colleagues or friends or my dad, who's a part of it too, very nervous when they hear these ancient old stories they're familiar with spoke to speak with new language, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, but we desperately need new expression for resonance because words are just images that point us to something bigger and greater. So mm-hmm. if I can use different images to help resonate within somebody, why not? You know, well, I think, I think that um, our Western culture needs almost needs to come back to church more than ever. And I, it's kind of like Pete Rollins talks about how atheists, atheists are actually the strongest believers by proximity. And so just be, and and I forget how Pete kind of justifies that, but anyway, um, um, I think that people are either going to believe in like peer reviewed science or aliens or some sort of like religion. And so a lot of people are searching for um, a way to make sense of what's going on kind of politically, kind of what's going on emotionally or spiritually within themselves. And, um, and so in a way there's a, a huge hunger for, for church. And I think a lot of people just get turned off by the dogmatic truth statements. Totally. And so there's a lot of kind of generational friction about, you know, and this goes back to as somebody who grew up in that environment, I guess I um, 
just have a built-in tolerance for um, statements, but it's like a lot of times I know, like I'm like, I know a lot of people I know wouldn't jive with that. Like, like, like one of my mentors was like, like he'll say stuff like, well, I'm going to go to heaven. And so it's like, okay, well, it's like, cool. Good for you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'm baptized. I don't have to worry about that. But like, he's, but like, uh, like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to bridge the gap sometimes. Hmm. And I guess um, for me with my, maybe with the idea of Mormon mystics, it's not a church. It's just an Instagram page. We have a Facebook community of a couple hundred people, but it's mostly me just sharing uh, Rob Bell podcasts and kind of my own ramblings. And so, yeah. uh, But that's such a space that needs to be held because so many people, like I had a friend who came on the podcast and, uh, but he's, he's local here and um, went to the church that I was on staff on nearby. And he's more, he was Mormon, grew up Mormon uh and, and completely ventured into a new space. And he's like, dude, like, you know, there's a lot of people that are seeking more of a bigger lens that come from this sort of faith tradition. And because I didn't, I don't know about the Mormon faith really. Well, that as a denomination of Christianity, you know, and which, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in evangelicalism, Mormonism's a cult, you know, it's not a oh, denomination, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. like, no, nah, <laughs> now I view it like we talked about before we got cut off earlier. It's like, it is more of a denomination of Christianity because it has a Christ centered understanding, even though it has a modern day prophet, you know, it's still a, a Christ centric faith structure, right? Is that right to say? The, the one and true Christ. <laughs> yeah. <I would> say. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's the whole idea is, is that, you know, prophets aren't a thing of the past. And so yeah. um, that, that either is, is a very enticing and very cool idea, or it's kind of like, you know, screw you, dude. Right, like, <laughs> right. totally. so. Yeah. So I think people need space to do that, especially as like the internet, I think is like single-handedly broke the fabric of religion. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it did. Like, your people can Google in their, or I use DuckDuckGo now because I'm trying to not be looked, watched as much, but you know, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, duck, my wife and I call it now, like instead of Google something, we duck it, you know? So like oh, people go. can duck something sitting, well, not now COVID, but watching their service from a, their living room um, and get a whole lot of ideas about XYZ verse that the pastor is confirming that is 100% true, you know, in his interpretation. Um, but people are needing more expression. And I think what the beauty is, and we talk about like the hero's journey, is it brings it back to experience in, in a way, rather than a sort of like empirical evidence of this, uh, you know, uh, hermeneutic of Romans 10. You know, it's like, yeah, no, like how, what, what did I sense and experience and feel and transcend in a worship service when I was 13 years old and sensed the Holy Spirit for the first time, and which would be my language to use. Well, like I didn't come to a sort of revelation of the nature of my existence through a youth group workshop on a retreat. You know, I, it was something else. It was experience and mystic is another way of saying experience. And I think that that can happen in any faith, including the Mormon faith and like, seeing how our experience and transcendence with the divine happens through language that's most familiar to us. Uh, so with your Mormon mystic group, are you seeing that like that people are revisiting 
faith in ways that is more experiential using these familiar terms to expand or transcend? Or do you see it more so right now that it's in a, a season of just like frustration, deconstruction and things like that? The Spiritual Nomad Podcast is a ministry of Current Collective Church, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to holding space to experience the divine in healing and transformative ways that enable us to live into the fullness of a truly abundant life. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider a tax-deductible donation to support our ongoing effort to reimagine spiritual community. Visit thespiritualnomad.org slash give to contribute today. Thank you for your support and partnership. Well, I, I kind of have tried with Mormon mystics to just focus on the question and kind of the phenomenology and um, stay away from the, de- the, the, the damage that can happen from deconstruction. I yeah. think, I, I, like you said, I think it's very important to have space to express the anger and the grief that a certain belief or, or just whatever X, Y, or Z, you know, maybe wasn't what you thought it was. It, but particularly in the the Mormon culture in that bubble is so many people leave the church because of specific historical events that they find out about mm. and not so much because um, the uh, things just don't work when they practice them. Like, you know, it's not totally, it's not like their prayer practice all of a sudden went flat one day. It's, and so you have a lot more resentment about, more objective things and so people camp out in that space for a lot of people indefinitely and so i'm very much trying to um give people an alternative away from that anger that that something just isn't whatever and so um yeah i think a lot of people I think it's, it's really crazy. I think in this whole new space of reconstruction, there is space for the old, more traditional believer as well. And that's what, that's what I think more of the corporate clergy in Christianity and Mormonism is afraid of is they're afraid that if um, in, in the wide open pastor, that they won't be able to reconnect to God. And that's, you know, that's the whole idea of faith is that, is that you will. Right. And so um, I, I think, I think that a lot of people to kind of answer your question are um, seeing Christ in, in all sorts of different ways. It's really hard to narrow down. A lot of people sure. see, see Christ as just kind of ascended master in a tradition where there's lots of different kind of ascended masters, so to speak. And some people see, um, really see him as a key part in the fabric of this whole universe that makes anything possible. And so there's, there's a whole spectrum there and that's where, um, you know, it, it, it's hard and, and I, and I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of like you just, 
I don't know. It, it, it's just an extension of other people that I've kind of learned from and that I'm just kind of rephrasing totally in my own way. And, and so um, anyway, through your own experience, which makes it uniquely yours and you know what I mean? And so yeah. encouraging in that, you know, um, with the deconstruction, I love the point that you talked about. Um, and I totally agree. And this is what really inspired me to really fire up spiritual nomad and do a whole new reboot with it is because I believe in a sort of reconstruction and I've been working on that. Um, that's why I've been not doing as much spiritual nomad stuff. Well, by the time this is posted, I'll be doing a lot of spiritual nomad stuff, but at the time of this recording, uh, you know, I've been with real people in a real place in real time, uh, helping people walk through things, planting, starting our, our community here in San Diego. Um, and, but I've realized the need for a bigger conversation about bringing people, helping people walk through some sort of reconstructed faith. Whenever I started this in 2017, I was deep in a deconstruction. If you listen to early episodes, it's definitely like live journals of me just hitting record and like <laughs> articulating wherever I'm at, you know? Um, and so spiritual nomad kind of signified in my psyche, like a, a deconstruction time. And then as I've evolved into some sort of holistic faith for me, I've kind of sadly in some ways put spiritual mind just back. It's like, that was my season of deconstruction. Now I'm moving into this season, not mm -hmm. thinking that this project can evolve with me into that and that everyone needs it to help them evolve into these new iterations of faith, you know? Um, and I say all of that to say is I was frustrated, I think, with a lot of the deconstruction movement for a period of time that I probably wouldn't have been able to articulate a year ago as well as I could today and have the empathy for the journey um, because it can be a very just revolving door within your own heart and mind of frustration and hurt and things that, and, and this is just my, I'm sorry if I piss anybody off, but uh, like, you know, we create, we've almost entered into this feedback loop where people have created trauma in their life, which I yes. think has done a major disservice to people that actually have real trauma in their life. Yes. And it's like, no, like, because your youth pastor, like, threw a ball at your face and embarrassed you in ninth grade, that's not religious trauma. And people say, well, that's subjective. Maybe it is for them. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just me being a jerk. I don't know, but I'm like, yeah, we've created almost to gain some sort of um, odd, weird status that's come about in the deconstruction movement of like trauma one-upmanship or I have to have trauma to fit into this deconstruction movement. Yeah. Or, or does that make sense? I'm, I'm kind of riffing, but um, no, and, and that's your and interpretation. That's that's where it's, it's, it's hard to know. Um, I personally use the word trauma a lot um, because I kind of agree with you. I'm kind of trying to one destigmatize it and, and, and also um, just realize that everybody's kind of been through some trauma of their own. And, and, and sure. like you say, I, 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 I do think there's a lot of virtual virtue signaling yeah, um, where, where people, 
yeah where people yes. are kind of like 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 displaying um in the in addiction recovery culture they talk about war stories where it's like well i got higher than you did or it's like, right yes it's, it, yeah it's kind of like putting 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 your shit on display that you you should be kind of trying to heal or from. your testimony when you're like sharing your testimony in church and it's like the guy yeah. that the most gnarly past it's kind of like this same whole weird thing that we've developed yeah. in the construction movement you know yeah and that's where it's hard because with the me too movement you have and this is i'm a big sports guy it's like you know do you ever know if the pro athlete really you know took advantage of the girl or not like half the time he probably did half the time she might be trying to take advantage and that's where it's kind of like you have to i would say from a public policy standpoint you kind of have to believe people you know but yeah. but then you do have people kind of the boy who cries wolf who exploit the situation and try to kind of fabricate or 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 market their pain for for social or whatever type of leverage and yeah. so it's it's kind of a black box um but yeah, you definitely, I think there is a definitely a culture of kind of like, well, let me figure out how, how this is unjust. And so I can kind of get on the bandwagon, you know, and, and yeah. it is, it is a revolving door. I like your language of the heart and mind. And I think that ultimately is a, a victim mindset. And, and I think we're all yeah. victims we're all victims to gravity or the fall, you know, in a mythological kind of sense. And we're all kind of sinners in our own way, but like, but to like, you know, how do we get through the muck and kind of make sense of, make sense of human behavior, make sense of, um, you know, natural phenomenon in a way that, that is, you know, it has integrity to it. And I think yeah. there's this whole kind of, intellectual movement of kind of in integrating or the integral kind of how do you how how do we um put our money where our mouth is and, and not just get up and kind of have this phony testimony about things but but actually uh live in a way where um people want to be a part of whatever we're doing because that's it's it's the spirit of god for lack of a better term you know yeah, yeah. and and so um, that's, that's, what's hard. I think that, I think I'm a, I'm a big believer that God work, you know, God works in mysterious ways. And if you look at, uh, the scientific philosophies of, of what's going on right now, there's a lot of talk of like emergence where things just kind of, it's like you have the right conditions and fire shows up, you know, if you have oxygen, if you have heat, uh, if you have fuel, then fire emerges out of basically magic and I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were really breaking down how the, the difference between kind of mythical and magic and really, really, if you look at people's experience with empathy, with storytelling and kind of walk a mile in your shoes, the only way to really describe, describe it is almost like it's magical. And to me, that's, that's kind of the whole idea of, of the Christ consciousness of, of looking at every moment of uh, kind of human awareness as a moment where you're not alone, so to speak, where, where you're accompanied. And some people in the metaphysical community kind of describe that as like a 5D perspective yeah, where you yeah. have the fourth dimension of, to me, that means you have like the fourth dimension of time arguably and then if you're beyond time 
then then you're basically examining the situation um, from a container where you can get like that's you can kind of hold it you can kind of have space for it and or or love it if you will yeah. and so um anyway that's that's kind of what that all means to me i forgot where i was going with all that but <laughs> well just how all of that in relationship to a reconstructed understanding i think um to yeah. evolution from out of into deconstruction then from that you know and elements that that are a pieces a piece of many you know that that create our new awareness and consciousness yeah i guess so i guess that's like some of the language as part of my reconstruction that has um been kind of some of the metaphysics you know like like as i am kind of uh armchair kind of science physics geek it's like you know you know, I, I think evolution is a great way to kind of understand how things happen at a, at a certain scale. And so, yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, having this idea that, that at the end of the rope, kind of the dark night of the soul, there, there is this idea of emergence. It's like, that's like, something showing up on Christmas morning, not because of my socioeconomic status, because my parents can afford to buy me Christmas, Christmas every year growing up, but because uh, flowers bloom more like flowers, flowers bloom in the spring, you know, like there's, mm -hmm. there's this inherent kind of goodness built into this, the, you know, the change of physical reality that's, mm. that transcends just, kind of my my bubble of my kind of identity yeah and i think um and i think that's kind of having kind of that that reconstructed um kind of testimony of reality and it's what's interesting if you think about kind of like a russian doll it's just it's just a container that's even further out you know and yep and then when that one breaks it's like there might be an even another further container out right there, right you now so I think uh, that is such a good analogy. I mean, and that's kind of like the, and I even talk about as if faith foundation, deconstruction, reconstruction in a linear way. I, I think part of a reconstruction is understanding that nothing really is linear in that way. And I think you're right. It's like, once we yeah. crack through one version, there's another. And once we crack through that version, there's another. And this consistent sort of like, or peeling back the layer of an onion, you know what I mean? It's this, yeah. this, continual sort of thing but i think reconstruction holds a space in the heart and soul that understands as we go through the layers the essence of the onion remains the same in each layer and it's this sort of like transcendent christ in me you know so i have these experiences i have these ideas that are changing and shifting and getting all you know uh flustered and frustrated and dissonance and now i have clarity and understanding it but the the for me a, a reconstruction has been understanding even that 5d consciousness you know of like i am the 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 i am that transcends in me regardless of the iterations of the self that evolve and crumble and come up and go away and do all of these things you know like um and I think that's what, you know, the, the universal Christ is about. I got the, I, I have such, so bad dude about stuff. I have like so many books that I get excited Just, about and I start 
and then I'm like something else will pique my attention and I'm like three to five chapters into like two dozen books you know right so bad no I'm the same way Um, I'll I'll reread books too before I'll start new ones really yeah I don't know man it's so the universal christ i think is is, you know is the anointing christ literally means anointed one right and so if i am in christ i have a sense of anointing that transcends time and space that inhabits this incarnation and what happens in this incarnation is going to go through these russian dolls it's going to go through these layers of the onion it's going to go through the deconstruction and reconstruction time and time and time again but the essence remains in an eternal now um, yeah. through all of that, that transcends all of that. Uh, and for me, that has been like reconstruction in and of itself to think that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That I don't have to attach myself to ideas, doctrines, or dogmas anymore. Um, or in the same way to experiences. Um, I appreciate both of them but yet knowing that my clinging to them will not bring any sort of resolve. And I think sometimes in deconstruction, when you start the journey of reconstruction, you're, it's tempting to just latch onto something else that has concrete understandings that I can like submit to. And I was talking to a friend about yeah. like the progressive church or progressive Christianity that I was a part of. Um, there, there's, tends to be a still sort of dogmatic understanding from the conservative stuff that I came from. Right. Yeah. I think, well, I think at the end of the day, what psychology tells me is, is basically everybody has confirmation bias. Yeah. And so, and it's again, like Pete Rollins, he talks about how like an alcoholic, uh, they just, they quit drinking. Then they, you know, join CrossFit and like, or or that's just as bad or something, you know? And so I, I do think that we are addicted to ideology in itself yep. and that, and that's part of just needing to uh, share our stories, needing to make sense of what's going on politically, socially, whatever. And so, um, yeah, we kind of go from, from one to the other. And it's interesting you say that. Um, and so um, in a way, if we could just, kind of repackage i don't know and this is where i'm curious where you as people reconstruct kind of where they land Mm -hmm. and if there's space for that within kind of the evolving more traditional churches it's like um and this is where i'm almost kind of afraid to because i have a community, but it's kind of online. And so to me, it's still kind of not quite real. Like I didn't, I'm not a, I didn't go to school or I'm not trained outside of just my experience in Mormon in Mormonism through the years and like how to do clergy. And so that's not really my goal. And so I'm curious as people reconstruct, like where the line is in terms of like belief and like practice and yeah um like like if they if they believe in reincarnation if there's space for that or if you know because as as uh time passes and seasons kind of come there is a little kind of push comes to shove what does christmas mean you know and totally and 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 kind of like you know i think it's it's much easier to uh curate rhetoric that would 
ideally ha- uh, you know hold space for everybody but when they actually show up oh you it's know, a it's, totally it's, different it's thing to- man yeah yeah like, like dude i'm yes we don't okay like what about like our teenagers are allowed to have sex like things like that you know because yep so um anyway that might be an impossible well immediately we answer, want immediately we want spirituality to dictate our behavior like i think that is like a natural outflowing of that because we have a particular assumption of what spirituality's function is in our life especially as western people and it's an initially immediately associated with behavior morals modality and the fact of how i live and move and, and do things and all the things that you're talking about have to do with that and i think belief is important i was yeah. frustrated a long time with uh, christians who were obsessed with belief so i went the opposite way it doesn't matter what you believe well if you really look at that word to believe it's to be and live it's it's how you actually do these things and what i've learned is people don't actually believe what they believe you know yeah it's like their practices are much different than the the doctrines or creeds that they articulate uh and so i'm like you like people you don't actually believe that i've had plenty of people um conversations a big ones about hell you know, where they've articulated something completely different to me in the moment of their cousin passing than what they would say to me in a theological forum. It's like, you don't actually believe that then. Like, you know, because that's not how you be. That's not how you live. That's not how you express, you know? Uh, So you don't actually believe that. Um, Anyway, so reconstructing communities, I think it's going, and that's like my re-embracing of quote church planting, and also the, the belief that luckily the movement that I'm a part of has is uh, to get you some, you know, biblical language, the priesthood of all believers. So mm-hmm. like that's something that would be majorly different in my tradition than yours is that um, the hierarchy structure of who gets to do what is completely, the playing field's leveled out. Like okay. we literally have a phrase in our church movement called everyone gets to play everyone is empowered everyone so women and men are kind of on the same playing field absolutely we my denomination or it's not a denomination it's a movement has been ordaining women since the late 70s i mean it's very uh focused on on everyone and so for even someone like yourself you have experience you have whatever you would be empowered to start a community and essentially start a church of your own because you're qualified because of who you are as a person, not what sort of degree or social or, uh, you know, religious institution standing that you have. You're qualified because you think I'm qualified, you know, which has a lot of problems. And there is, and maybe I'm oversimplifying. There is some sort of, you know, check and balance, if you will, or else you get folks like Jim Jones taking everybody down and gnarly stuff. But um, anyways, people in our community even now um, have, Spiritual nomad is definitely more of a, a spiritually curious branch of what we do. Um, and okay. I really do look at this as like a, a ministry of our church because it's, mm-hmm. I do a lot of pastoral work in my direct messages, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane, you know, um, or, you know, a lot of people that download, like we get a lot of downloads on the podcast or whatever. So it's like, it's all of those people are, it's helping form faith. And I think spiritual community 
its sole purpose is to hold space to experience the divine and be formed more into the true self, right? And so if this is helping that in some way, it's absolutely a part of uh, reimagining faith. And uh, so kind of rambling here for a moment, but when people show up who believe in reincarnation, and then we have other people who believe in, you know, uh, speaking in tongues and prophesying, you know, and we have other folks that are are obsessed with talking about their love of Jesus exclusively, you know, and it it is a really unique thing to hold space for. Um, I mean, isn't that the, the wedding banquet though, from the Bible though, where everybody is kind of invited ultimately. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, but some of them Yeah. But I mean, that's a, that's a trippy, uh, a trippy uh, parable as well, because, you know, uh, then the people show up and he tells them that they're not dressed right, you know, and <laughs> yeah, that's a very far out sort of, you know, thing to try to understand. Um, but I think everyone is included, but I will say too, um, as I digress on this little riff, I, I think that the importance of different types of communities is really important. The notion that I think everyone will find home at my community is completely far-fetched and will not happen yeah. at all. And even yeah. whenever I was in more, my other like evangelical charismatic church, you know, it's like, Oh, everyone belongs here. Welcome home. You know, all this sort of language. And it's like, no, like it is an absolute delusion to think that, everyone can find what they're looking for in this space. We do the best on our end based on our belief and conviction. And our belief is, is that everyone's welcome here. And we believe that this is the, the nature of our, our human experience. And, and that'd be my language now wouldn't have been then, but um, not everybody will understand and find hope and home in their human experience in this space. And that's why I think it's important to look at churches or spiritual communities like genres of music and Mm. people will resonate with a lot of different genres of music and each genre represents its own community. And Mm. for me being in the hardcore scene, whenever I was a teen and in my early twenties, not everybody likes screaming and fast drums and stage dives and, punching people in the head at breakdowns and stuff, you know, <laughs> not everybody likes that. To me, that was the life. That was everything to me that gave me my, my human experience at that point in time. So I think in the same way we need communities, we need more spiritual communities, more church plants, more people, even like yourself that has a community of people that wants to seek this sort of way in space because people are always going to gravitate to other people. Uh, and, and Zoom is great. And I know we're in a pandemic and all of this is a great band-aid, but there will come a time where, where our species needs to have space to do things with people they resonate with. And we need as many genres as we can. And mega church is largely the pop music genre. It's like the lowest common denominator bar that people yeah. can tolerate and handle, but nobody's really like super dedicated. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think it, I think it represents the fabrication of just our big box society. And yes, yes. And, and, and you have, I like that different genres or different cultures. And I almost view it in a way where you have your preference. There's a, like, you have a market and, and, and like, 
a lot of times some people will be saying the same message, but they'll say it in such a different way where it might be intolerable to listen to somebody deliver that same message. And, yep. you know, and you're just, you're, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. You're not going to listen. It's not going to resonate. Right. And so um, I, I do believe, you know, in a, the, you know, the capitalist side of me does kind of believe in the free market like that, where things kind of, um, you know, there's a kind of a chaos to it and you kind of things work out. And that's, that's where, um, you know, this, the way this there's so many different themes blending together. We, you know, with education is kind of arguably kind of collapsing with COVID and everything and yep. kind of like, uh, what, it, what, what, what is the essence or what is the spiritual, um, you know, what do things mean? And, and, and so you, I kind of see it, see it blending together, um, and you have uh, a couple months ago, I got kind of triggered when, because uh, I like to follow uh, kind of the psychology movement and kind of like mm-hmm. I, I follow a lot of therapists on, on Instagram and, and kind of uh, very interested in that. And when things get politically polarizing, it seems like, um, you know, because therapy is kind of done through your doctor, like insurance covers it. And so there's an objectivity there that, that I think you think is there, but when things, but there is a spectrum, it's like, and that's where I realized part of the idealistic part of me was like, wait, what? like these therapists are totally more left or these therapists are totally more right or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, it's like, shouldn't they, you know, this is like through their doctor, through their insurance. I'm like, but, but then I'm like, wait a second, like that wouldn't necessarily be healthy to have. I'm like, that's, that's, it would be impossible for a therapist to be able to hold space. I mean, if they did that, they'd be like superhuman, but it's like, you should kind of have your own brand. Like you should be able to have a culture. And I think in the nihilistic part of deconstruction, sometimes you get so nitpicky, nitpicky that you don't let people just kind of have their own nuance of opinion or yes. whatnot. And that's, and that's where, um, you know, I think if you look at things on certain levels or certain scales, I think it, it's a lot easier to think like, like I think we're on kind of the same wavelength where we understand, yo, I, I, within a smaller community, you know, it's, it's, it's less about people, people can have more nuanced spiritual beliefs. We're all kind of doing the same thing, you know? And I think, um, yeah, anyway, that was yeah, kind of a whole really, 30,000 really foot ramp. Yes. <laughs> that's, Hey, I, that's where I live, man. So I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that. Um, as we wrap up, I know we I, I kind of lost track of time since we rebooted, but, uh, as we wrap up, what would be some final thoughts that you have to people who are in that process of they've been deconstructing, maybe they've been frustrated and they're ready to kind of step out of a a particular feedback loop and try to formulate something that functions and works for them in some way. um, As far as like uh, faith practice goes, um, what were some of the things that, that helped you maybe resources or just even states of of being uh, that you could pass on to someone else? Um, I think regardless of whatever maybe theological tradition you're deconstructing, the breath work and mm. um, is really, uh, I think, the logos, you know, of everything. And I think 
like we started, you were talking about kind of the yoga of something. I think that's a big part of that is the breath. And I think um, if you can keep breathing, I think that allows you to kind of keep praying, even if you don't know what entity or spirit you're kind of praying to. Um, I think that can be really be a glue to kind of hold things together when maybe they don't make sense intellectually anymore or metaphysically. I think, you know, if you're kind of in that dark night of the soul and um, my, I have two all time favorite quotes. We can kind of end with that. And yeah. um, Perfect. It's like, it's, I forget who the, they're by specifically. um, But the first one is it's, life isn't a straight line. It's a spiral. You continuously come back to the same places with a different perspective. It's kind of like, so as you go through the seasons of life, um, you kind of have different altitudes and that's kind of how, you know, things can be totally kind of vortexed or kind of put through the blender, but ultimately we kind of come back. Uh, And then the other one is you can't stop the waves but you can learn to surf. And Mm -hmm. so just maybe those are two metaphors or analogies um, for people that where things, you know, in in whatever the, you know, the chaos of deconstructing and reconstructing where you can hold on to things through your breath and just kind of, um, you know, I think that's the first part of developing resiliency because society definitely is kind of a blender right now. So totally. That's really good, man. It's really good. Waves just keep coming. And man, if you've ever been out in the ocean where you get tossed and then as soon as your head gets above the water, you get tossed again. That's yeah. instructing feel like sometimes. And then you're, you're forced to have to be like, okay, what are the, what is the flow of, of this? And how can I, yep. how can I do this with grace? You know? And, uh, those are really good. Those are really good. And the different perspectives of coming back around time and time again. Um, it's really awesome. So uh, do you have anything you want to uh, promote or give some light to where people can follow more of what you're doing? Or if we have any Mormons that have been listening to this, you know, uh, um, or not? Sh- sure. Yeah. I mean, my page is just Mormon mystics on Instagram. Um, give us a follow or search it on Facebook. You can join the community and my personal page is uh, Maja Herma, which is M-A-J-A-H-E-R-M-A. That's pretty much my plug, and that's about it. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Man, thank you so much for uh, spending some time and uh, suffering through the technical difficulties initially. <laughs> and, no uh, worries. This, this was good. A, yeah, it was a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. As always, we would love for you to subscribe, leave a review, and share this channel with a friend. If you would like to financially support the Spiritual Nomad Project, visit thespiritualnomad.org slash give. To contact Luke, you can email him directly, luke at thespiritualnomad.org, or send a direct message on Instagram. Until next time, grace, peace, and love.